welcome to the Field Log Podcast, weekly reflections for the Warrior King to help you master yourself, fulfill your purpose, and conquer the day. I'm your host, Marcian Sicario. Field Log, Day 94 The Wrong Motivation One of the things you'll notice when you spend a lot of time on social media, or really any amount of time, it could be 15, 20 minutes a day, doesn't have to be a lot, is that every social media platform is in some ways converging towards the same model, right? Where When social media was first starting out, there were different platforms with different models, but we see this nowadays where a new social media platform will come out, like TikTok, for example, and then other competitors will introduce features that are similar to the feature that makes that platform popular, Right? Instagram has Reels, YouTube has Shorts, and those kinds of things. Now, one of the primary qualities of social media that is really being picked up by all platforms, and I talk about this all the time in regard to attention engineering, right? How social media platforms are designed to keep us using them as long as possible. That the main goal of the social media platform is to get as many users as possible to use it as long as possible because that's what they monetize, right? Social media platforms start out, everything's free, there's no ads, they just try to get a huge user base and then eventually they'll introduce maybe ads or paid content or something along those lines. Now one of the things that you'll notice specifically in the convergence is that virtually every social media that has a stream of posts of any variety, right? pictures, videos, text, like Twitter or something, doesn't matter. In the beginning, a lot of those platforms worked on a timeline model, right? Is that things were in chronological order and it was usually everything that everyone that you follow or subscribe to or whatever the word is in the particular media that you're using, it was just shown in order. These are the things that have come out since you were last here. And I don't use social media much these days, and the only platform I do use is Instagram, so I don't know if other platforms are still doing this, but from what I could tell when I was using more platforms and from what you hear is that everything is using a feed now, and the feed, which, I mean, scary word, if you think about it, they're just feeding you information, is that things aren't necessarily in chronological order, and they're not necessarily every post from the places that you follow, and it's not necessarily only the content creators that you do follow. You'll get suggestions interwoven, right? You'll get something like a For You page or an Explore page or anything along those lines. And those are designed so that the principle of, let's say, attention retention can be applied by an algorithm, an algorithm that learns your preferences, an algorithm that knows what content you like before you do. I mean, these things are scary accurate in how well they can predict your let's say behavior, the things that you're going to be drawn to. And if you're using those platforms, and if you're anything like me, there's certain types of content that you're going to enjoy, which is, you know, what you can call it self-improvement, you can call it self-help, you can call it motivation, right? All of those things where it's like financial advice and workout advice and then people yelling at you to tell you to be on the grind and telling you to be different and to not go out and not drink and all of those things. And while in some ways that stuff can be motivating, I think, it appears to me, and I want to convince you of this in the next 20 or so minutes, that it's the wrong motivation. 
right? The title of today's field log is The Wrong Motivation. Now, we all know what the right motivation is, right? I've been drilling this since day one, even, well, really day zero, is that we should be doing this because we ought to, right? There is an ought, there is a moral imperative, right? This is not about is, this is not about reality, this is about ought, this is about the target, is that as men living the warrior king life, we have a responsibility to be leaders, to be more patient, more hardworking, more disciplined, to be an asset to people, to do more work so that they do less, to find new ways to provide better. This is all stuff you've heard me say a million times before, and you will probably hear me say a million times after this field log too. So we know that. Now, the wrong motivation is something I want to talk about because I have a lot of friends who think in similar ways to me, right, who are maybe closer or further away from the warrior king ethos than others, right? There, there might be some sort of proximity there you can measure. I have some friends who are not Orthodox, who are not Christian, who are just about working hard to make more money, to be more attractive to women, to really for self-serving reasons, right? And then there are some men who are closer, who might believe in God and still do things for self-serving reasons. And then there are men like myself who are completely bought into the warrior king ethos who at some times... At, at, at some particular instances in time, might not catch themselves and realize that the thing that's currently motivating them is the desire for a newer car or a nicer watch or nice suits or whatever it is, a big house. It doesn't matter. Now, there are three things that I've noticed about the advice that you generally get fed online. And one of the things you should do, first of all, before taking advice is vet the character of the person you're listening to right? Me, for example, I get behind this microphone six days a week. I give you men advice, right? Why should you listen to my advice? What is it about my advice that makes it useful? You should vet my character. You should look at the things I talk about. You, do they agree with your worldview? Do they agree with the authority that you fall under, right? And that's why we have the seven commitments, so we can all be on the same page. Is this even for you? But there's a lot of advice coming out. You'll just see footage of some sort of, I don't know, athlete or some sort of bodybuilder or something, and then someone puts text over it, and there's advice for you. And then you might see it, and you might be primed by it, and this is something you believe now, right? There are three currents that I generally notice, and they are self-love, the grind, and satisfaction. And I want to address all three of them, right? I'm not saying this is an exhaustive list, but when I was thinking about this field log and what to talk about in regards to the wrong motivation... I just spent 15, 20 minutes scrolling on Instagram, seeing what it would, you know, shove down my feed. And I saw three primary categories, self-love, the grind, and satisfaction. So I'm going to work through those backwards because uh, I don't know why. We're going to keep it interesting. That's why. That's all the reason we need. Satisfaction. This is the first reason why people get into self-improvement, right? You realize there's something wrong with you. Otherwise, you wouldn't feel the way you do. This is the reason we really do anything. Is even the reason we seek out God is because we realize there's something in us that's missing. Now, of course, when it comes to God and when it comes to joining his body, the church, that is the right motivation, right? So you do get a sense of satisfaction from that. And I would be more inclined to call it joy, maybe. That's legitimate. This is real, right? But the one thing we're told in the church all the time is that it's not actually about the feeling, right? I have um, 
a friend of mine who is maybe a softer man, right? Who is uh, not necessarily on board with the Warrior King ethos, who is very, very gentle and very, very fragile. Now, being gentle is not bad. Being fragile, unfortunately, is, right? And he, we were having a conversation, not me and him, but it was a group of us in a group chat that we have with the guys at church. And somebody shared a piece of information that was discouraging. Somebody shared a link that was discouraging. And he basically responded in complete despair, saying, is this true? Like, I can't believe this is true. If it's true, it's really going to mess me up and I can't handle this. And there was a lot of fragility there, which is undesirable and unacceptable for a man, right? We have to build toughness, of course. Now, all of that to say that chasing a feeling, right? Worrying about how you're feeling when you're pursuing God is not the way, right? The fathers tell us this, our your priest will tell you this. Sometimes you will get a feeling of ecstasy. Sometimes you will get a feeling of, of true joy and you will feel God's presence, but we also know that when we don't feel God's presence, he's not there. So satisfaction is, to quote Aristotle, evidently not the good we are seeking. And I'm taking that out of context, but it's just quite poetic the way you said it. Satisfaction is not the good we're seeking, right? We don't ultimately do this because it makes us feel good. That is a byproduct and an unreliable byproduct at that. So a lot of men are out there seeking satisfaction, right? And perhaps women too, but that's not the audience. Of course, I say this all the time. A lot of men are out there and the reason they train, the reason they dress better, the reason they uh, work on their charisma, the reason they work on their earning potential, the reason they do all of these things is because they want to feel better. That's not the reason. We have plenty of saints who were depressed until the day of their death, right? And maybe not plenty, but I can think of at least one example explicitly, right? And I think I've brought this example up before. There was a man who suffered from a deep depression and he gave his life to God, became a monk and in the monastery continued to suffer a deep depression right to the point of wanting to commit suicide. But knowing that taking his own life was absolutely out of the question, he went and decided to be martyred, right? And this is something great and glorious in the church. And we know that because the greatest sign of love is self-sacrifice. So when we sacrifice ourselves for God as he did for us on the cross, God rejoices in the death of his saints, I think is the quote that you hear in some versions of the pre-communion prayers. God delights in the death of his saints, right? When you are willing to give everything for him, that's something that God finds very beautiful. So he decided to go to a sultan, tell the sultan to convert, really knowing full and well that the man was going to execute him. But that made him a martyr and he is now a saint. It is genuinely a shortcut into heaven if you want to think about it that way. And I know that to non-Orthodox people, this might sound very crazy, very strange, but... Like I said, if you think about it, God showed his love to us by dying on the cross. So if we show our love to him by being martyred, it is really the same thing. We reflect his love, his love back to him. But the, the Christian life is obviously not about satisfaction. The life of a man, which we know what is manliness, St. Paisios says, manliness is giving yourself completely to God, right? So we know that if being a man is giving yourself to God and being and giving yourself to God is not about satisfaction. Manliness cannot, by the transitive property, be about satisfaction. So that is the wrong motivation. Right? Remember this. That we don't do this for satisfaction. You will gain satisfaction from a job well done. But that's not why we do it. That's not why we do it. 
Now, the second one is the grind, right? Making your life about the grind. And I think in some ways this relates back to satisfaction because the grind is also evidently not the good we are seeking. Because even people who do grind think that at the end of the grind, there is some sort of mystical state where you have just built up so much money that all you're going to do is travel the world and shoot shoot cool videos and put them on your Instagram or whatever. And um, your life's going to be amazing and everyone's going to love you. Well, first of all, we know that you're supposed to fall in love with the process because the life that you live is going to be process. And second of all, if you think your life is about the grind, right, like the end in itself is the grind. If you look at all of the motivational videos that you'll come across, it's always about working harder and doing more and not taking any free time, not taking any leisure time, which is unbiblical. That's not the way of a true man either. All right, think about it. If your entire life is dedicated to working as hard as you can, either because you just think that you're going to work as hard as you can into perpetuity, then you're not living room for, then you're not leaving room for enjoying the fruits of your labor, which we have to do because we're supposed to honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. Or you're grinding nonstop because you're trying to get to some sort of perpetual leisure state, right? Trying to earn so much money that you can do whatever you want. Neither one of those is cohesive with the Orthodox worldview, which means by extension, it is not cohesive with the Warrior King worldview. Now, I've made plenty of episodes telling you guys that winning is mandatory and that you have to flip the switch. And we've talked about discipline. We've talked about consistency. We've talked about doing things differently. We've talked about all of these things, but all of that is with a particular goal in mind. Even the fact that I have in the past recommended to you to love the process, even that is with a particular goal in mind, to serve others, right? This is really the big distinction. Satisfaction is about yourself. The grind is, at least the way it's being portrayed on social media, about yourself. The Warrior King life is not, I repeat, not about yourself. It is a life of self-sacrifice. We have a field log on this. It's called Sacrifice Yourself. Go listen to that if you haven't already. You might have to scroll back a little bit. You might have to search for it, but you'll find it. Sacrifice yourselves. We are called to sacrifice ourselves explicitly. And I think the field log where we talk about that, the sacrifice yourself episode, I think I referenced that verse from St. Paul, right? In one of the epistles where he says, men sacrifice yourselves for your wives. I think that was the context. But it extends beyond just your wives, right? We sacrifice ourselves for our family. We sacrifice ourselves for our brothers in the church. We sacrifice ourselves for our siblings, right? Our extended family. We sacrifice ourselves for our church community. If you have a company, you sacrifice yourself for your employees. All of this is the purpose of a man. I say this all the time. We bleed more so that they bleed less. We sweat more so that they sweat less. We work harder so that they don't have to work as hard, right? I say this all the time. To you guys, I say this whenever I'm explaining traditional masculinity to women, right? The girl I'm seeing right now, I we've had this conversation before. I've told her that the reason that men do what they do is for the benefit of, for example, the significant other, for example, the woman or the children. We do what we do so that they don't have to, right? There's nothing pretty about the corporate life. There's nothing pretty about the work life. It's ugly. It's war. This is an easy one to understand, is that there's nothing pretty about war. But as soon as it's not physical anymore, we forget 
that in reality, what men are doing when they go out there every day is waging war. And we had a field log on that a couple of days ago. I think it was checking my notes right now. Two days ago, wage war, right? A lot of what we do is wage war. And now all Christians are called to wage war in the spiritual sense. But we as men wage war in the material sense as well. But so, the grind. It's not about the grind. If you think about yourself as, oh, I'm a grinder, right? I'm a hustler. Stop it. You're not doing yourself any favors. Think of yourself as, I am a man with a duty and I do my duty and I do it gladly, right? You should enjoy the process. I stand by that. You should enjoy the process. But you're not doing this because you have a hole in your heart and you want to fill it with success. That's not why we do this, right? Read the first commitment. Given nothing else, I will be content to live in constant communion with God, right? I'm sure you're tired of hearing those words at this point. But I'm going to keep repeating it, right? That God is all we need. Everything else is extra. Everything else is us trying to be as much of an asset as we can to pay for it, all the blessings God gave us to use our unique talents for the benefit of others and for the glory of His kingdom. Now, the last thing I noticed was self-love. And on the surface, this sounds beautiful. It sounds beautiful, right? Loving yourself. There's so much self-hatred in the world. There's so much depression and anxiety. And people have attempted to solve this problem of depression and anxiety with what's called self-love and self-care. And I think I'll probably do an entire field log on this eventually, but we'll talk about it a little bit now. If you've spent any time on the internet at all, you've seen this idea of self-love, right? This is the don't be so hard on yourself. Love yourself unconditionally. You are perfect exactly the way you are right now or the place that you are in your journey, whatever that means. And there's a book I've recommended before. It's called The Charisma Myth, which is very useful. But there is a section where the author, Olivia Fox Cabane is her name, says that you are perfect at your current point in development, right? And that you should just take the pressure off yourself and understand that you're perfectly perfect in the way you're supposed to be right now. And that is a lie. You are perfect if you're perfect. It's a simple reality. You're perfect if you're perfect. And if you're not perfect, then you're not perfect. And you need to repent of your imperfections. Now, I've said before that orthodoxy is paradoxy. And what that means is that on the one hand, we understand that nothing good comes from us internally and everything good comes from above. Everything good comes from God, right? You do not work good. God works good through you. But on the other hand, you have the image of God in you and you are called by God to perfection. That's something to be celebrated. So it appears to me, and please check this with your priest, but it appears to me that the proper posture to take is not self-hate, of course, unless you're some sort of holy saint who is, you know, talking poorly about himself to keep himself humble. We have had an example like that. But assuming you're not that, you should not hate yourself and think you're worthless because you're not. You're infinitely valuable. Human life is infinitely valuable. So you should not hate yourself, but you should not love yourself either. You just really shouldn't think about it. You should love God. We know that. You should take satisfaction in a job well done when you do it. And when you do something poorly, you should repent of that. And a little bit of guilt, right? Feeling disappointed in yourself, feeling guilty that you've sinned. That's, that's fine. That's called contrition, right? If I walk into the street and I get into my car and I've had 10 drinks and I just swerve around aimlessly and I run over a child, 
it's okay for me to feel guilty. In fact, it's required for me to feel guilty about what I've done. I've done something terrible. Then that's the view we should take of our sins, right? And if one of your callings, if God is calling you to be an effective man and you're falling short of that because you're too lazy or you're too lustful or you're too passionate or whatever and you feel guilty about that, that's fine, right? The reality is that self-love is an attempted fix for a condition that's already divergent from the Christian worldview, right? This despair is not something that a Christian should feel, right? We're called to hope, right? There are three theological virtues, faith, hope, and love, or charity, faith, hope, and charity, whichever way you want to translate it. Faith, the opposite of faith is doubt. We do not doubt. We have full faith in God, right? And when you do doubt, you pray about it, you confess it, you go to your priest, of course. Hope, right? We have hope in the resurrection. We have hope in Christ's conquest over death. We have hope that whatever is happening to us in this life is part of God's plan. And when you don't have that, that's called despair. When you feel despair, you pray about it, talk to a priest about it, you go to confession, you work through it. And then, of course, love. And the opposite of love is not hate, as a lot of people think. The opposite of love is pride, right? Loving yourself. So in order to fix despair, right? Anxiety and depression, it appears to me, again, please talk to your priest. It appears to me that in order to fix depression and anxiety, which are conditions that were introduced by the modern secular worldview to begin with, right? All the garbage food we eat, the lack of connection we have with our family, the isolation we experience, the lack of connection with God, all of these things have led us to anxiety and despair, right? As the world becomes more technologically advanced, and as the world becomes more secular, and as people begin to live the modern lifestyle, more anxiety rates are shooting through the roof. We have failed as a species. We are ki- killing ourselves. Right? There's no animal on this earth. There's no bacteria on this earth that doesn't understand self-preservation. But here we are, and we have 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds killing themselves. So in an attempted fix to that condition, people have started talking about self-love. But that's pride. So you're trying to fix one sin with another sin and it doesn't work. And of course, the devil's sitting there laughing because he knows that if you reject self-love, then you're in despair. And if you reject despair, then you're in self-love and he wins either way. That is no way for a warrior king to view things. So self-love is also not the motivation, right? If you see self-love content that says it's okay to cancel your plans and it's okay to, to be weak and it's okay to do all these things, it's okay to be weak, sure, but it's not okay to stay weak. So rather then taking all of the burdens off of yourself, which a man does not do, you should build strength. That's what you should do. Just think about that. There are two ways. There are two ways to make an unbearable weight feel bearable, roughly speaking. You can take the weight off or you can become stronger. So what we should do is pray to God for strength, right? Christ says, um, what is it? Uh, bring your burdens to me and or bring your problems to me and I will give you rest. It's something along those lines that's in the gospel. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So when we struggle with something and we can't handle it, we take it to God and God will give us the strength. God doesn't make our life easier. He makes us stronger. So the idea of love, of, or self-love rather, as it's being presented to you on social media, is about weakness. You should become stronger instead. I can tell you this from experience. And of course, I'm not a mental health professional, but if there is a, um, a disclaimer in the show notes that you can read all about that. This is just my opinion. But I can tell you from personal experience that I've been very weak. I've been very fragile. I've been very depressed and very anxious. And taking burdens off myself did not help 
Rather, building strength through connection with God has made me as close to bulletproof of a, as I've ever been. Right? Things are not as scary as they used to be. Now, I'm nowhere near where I should be, of course. Always a learning process. But those are some of the wrong motivations that I've, that I've observed on social media and the culture in general. And you'll notice that they're all self-focused, right? It's all about selfishness. One of the best ways to stop feeling so terrible is to stop thinking about yourself so much. You hear this sometimes, you know, if you want to make yourself happy, if you can't be happy, try making someone else happy and that's really going to help. So if you shift your focus onto how can I serve other people and that's motivated by the Lord telling us, love the Lord your God with all your strength and love your neighbors yourself. If you focus on neighborly love, if you focus on serving other people, if you focus on being an asset, if you focus on being a real man by acquiring God's strength through prayer and His grace and His mercy, and if you do all of those things, you'll have no need for self-love, you'll have no need for putting your value in the grind, and you'll have no need in seeking satisfaction. So if you haven't thought about these things before, I suggest that you take out your notes app, right? That you take out your calendar, that you carve out five to ten minutes today. Just really take a little bit of time, or maybe... After this episode's done, maybe you're in the car driving to work right now, or maybe you're on the porch drinking your coffee. Pause it. Don't listen to anything else. Don't read anything else. And just think for five to ten minutes, why are you doing this? What's your motivation? And is it the right motivation? And there is a right motivation. Serving God is the right motivation. Serving others is the right motivation. Being an asset, that's the right motivation. And I can also tell you the good news is that self-love won't help, the grind won't help, and seeking satisfaction won't help, but serving God's purposes will, and you will feel better than you ever have, although it's not the intended purpose. So whatever you do today, or over the next week, or the next month, or the next year even, when you're looking for motivation, I urge you to find the right motivation and to stay away from the wrong motivation. That's it for this week's Field Log. If you like what you heard today, you can follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on right now. You can also rate the show. That always helps out a lot. You can find me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at marcian.cx for Field Log snippets, art, philosophy, and training-related content. You can also visit the website at marcian.cx for much more of the same. I'm still working on consolidating the Warrior King content into the marcian.cx project. So check back at the website soon for the new and improved Warrior King training protocol, which is going to include supersets and my updated supplement recommendations. There's also a 2024 goal-setting guide on the way, and of course, the Warrior King newsletter. If any of that sounds appealing to you, the links to everything are in the show notes below. It's all free, and as always, conquer the day. <laughs>